Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, Boxhead, it's finally, finally about time that uh, New South Wales Jag won at the death after nearly a decade of suffering and going to deciders and watching these games where Queensland would pull it out in the last five or ten minutes and just make us burn. Last night, New South Wales finally had one of those moments in a big game after losing seven deciders in a row. How good? Yep. Uh, and three of those deciders I travelled up to Queensland uh, to watch and be burned. Uh, that was after a few expletives. I know I said to you at the ground uh, straight after the try, that's... Um, that's our version of the Mark Corn try, so that's going to be replayed for the years and years and years. Uh, I don't think I should have got to that for New South Wales. They were well ahead, 12 ahead, and looking comfortable, but uh, it certainly made for a magnificent finish. Oh, there's no doubt it made for a magnificent finish, and on reflection today, uh, I was very, very dusty, but had a chance to rewatch the game after a long night, and in all honesty, it... We were very, very flat to start with New South Wales. Queensland, no surprise. They turned up. Uh, they were always going to turn up after how things played out in the last game. But that first half for the first 20, 25 minutes, they were really on top, I thought. They did a really good job. They stopped New South Wales in yardage. They did a much better job there. Uh, their forward pack, in particular, Josh Papali, Felice Cafusi were very, very good. Corey Norman, he brought a point of difference. And as we said in our preview... The, the one big thing that we were worried about was Cameron Munster because he's the key to everything and he was their best player, bar none on the field. I thought him and Josh Papali for Queensland were the two best. Yeah, those two were the best two players on the field, I thought, in the first half. Um, Queensland defended very, very well. New South Wales, on the flip side, were very, very poor. Their contact was bad. They didn't get in front. They didn't dominate. Queensland were finding their front and rolling quite easily. Queensland defended really well, but they wrestled really well, and we, we spoke about that in our preview. Uh, interesting to note, I thought New South Wales, they were very sideways. Our middles are running off the halves for some reason. After dominating um, so easily through the middle in Perth, we seemed to go away from it. Um, the referees, they gave 12 penalties in this half. That's probably a, a talking point. Um, I don't really want to talk about referees, but they stifled that half and the momentum of that half, which really upset flow, like New South Wales really wanted flow in the game, uh, didn't get it I just I agree with you, Queensland dominated this half, they were by far the better side in this half, but they went in their half time 8-8, so I thought that scoreline, and again having watched the game today, it was very, very, very flattering for New South Wales so I thought Kevin Walters' tactics to get Morgan on uh, after about 25 minutes was really, really smart the Queensland defence just stifled New South Wales we made the comment that ground in the first half at Safidi and Cromar, they just lacked impact down the middle, looked really slow. Uh, Queensland, I thought, their attacking kicking game in particular was poor. They needed to produce more tries and try-scoring opportunities or repeat sets in that first half. Um, and that's where, for me, the game was lost for Queensland. If they banked a try or two, uh, well, at least one more try, uh, if instead of 
you know, even low kicking to draw the match, he's kicking to put Queensland up six, and that, that last try, you know, would have been for New South Wales to tie the game up. So, for me, when they had their dominance Queensland, they didn't take advantage of it. No, I'd agree with you there. And like you said, that first half, there was plenty of penalties. I think Fatty and Gus said it in the commentary that they were bewildered and why they're trying to put a stamp on the game all of a sudden in Game 3 after they've let things go for the most part. And, and there were some shit penalties on both sides, like some of the offside calls. Yeah, but even, and, even in the fact that it wasn't consistent in the second half. Nah, they blew two the whole second even, half. There's not even consistency across a game. Nah, it's ridiculous. But that first half, like you said, uh, in particular, that first stint we talked about it, the two front rowers, uh, we just kind of looked like we're going to the motions. New South Wales seemed happy. Just they looked slow. Just absorbed. They looked slow. They couldn't, they could, I don't know whether Queensland were offside or they were, their line speed was... Uh, I don't... Outstanding, but uh, they, we couldn't go forward. Nah, and I think the turning point after that first 20 minutes, like we're talking about, where they dominated field position, territory, they ramped up in yardage, they did a good job there pinning us and... I thought the back three did a good job considering the pressure they were under and we did absorb and, uh, you know, our halves kicked okay. I, I, I think in particular last night, Jimmy Maloney didn't have a good night at all. He, he didn't have a didn't have a very crash hot night. But the, the, the turning point for us was getting our bench on. When Vaughan and Dale Finucane come on, we actually started to get some ruck speed and it wasn't too long after. Uh, you know, we saw Dale Finucane get an offload. There was a tip on Devon who went through a hole and found Tedesco. He knocked it on close to the line, but it was the first time we really kind of threw any sort of shape at them. Uh, and then we got back-to-back penalties, put ourselves out in front and cook. I think I've said it kind of when we talk about the Dragons this year that I'm surprised McInnes doesn't use that lead play with Vaughan more often because he does seem to sneak a try. Cook gave him the ball because I think it was Welch when I watched the video. He'd kind of turned his hips in a little bit and Vaughn, he got a one-on-one with Maguire. Like you said, kind of ruined all the hard work they'd put in that first half. And you know, that, I don't think they could have been much better the well, first you go, half. But you go back before that, the run from Tedesco to get them down there was outstanding. There was yeah. nothing doing. The 50-metre set start where he drifted across field. 60-centimetre line break. So that got us on the front foot. We got a penalty. Oh, back-to-back penalties, as you said, and then Vaughn crashes over. It was interesting to hear John's, uh, Andrew John's on the replay talk about you know, how Cook's speed worries teams and makes those defenders a little bit tired off. It was, was good analysis. Yeah. And that was part of the reason why, as you said, Walsh turned in and Vaughan got one-on-one with, uh, with Maguire, who I thought Maguire did a pretty good job one-on-one. Like, he needed to get some help from somewhere. Like Once Welsh has checked off Cook, he's got to go and help um, Maguire as quickly as possible and just didn't get that quick enough. Well, outside of Welch, they were pretty spaced out considering they're on their line. But yeah, like you said, that, that tip, I think it was from Ferguson to give it to Tedesco, who made something out of nothing to start that set off before they got the back to back penalties. But um, yeah, that, our bench really ramped things up. I like Dale Finucan in particular, he was absolutely outstanding off the bench. And at eight all at half time, like you're talking about, uh, you know, they're 18 from 18. Just about everything had kind of gone their way. I thought Munster was an absolute terror along with Papali, but they didn't bank enough. And anyone that did listen, we said that it's a good bet to get on back rails in big games. And one of the four back rails did score the first try. I think we got an inbox from somebody today saying they missed out on that. So I think Felice... Yeah, which you just, I just said have five and all, all four. Well, it was $30, I think, or $26. So you, you would have got your money back, that's for sure. Who did you, who did you have as your first try score? was Frizzell, wasn't it? Uh, I had Frizzell. Yeah, so I, and on the back of that, I would have said back all four. If you're going to back your back row, I'll just back all four. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, what was Felice? 31 to 1. I think Frizzell was that, and Felice had never scored in Origin, so I assume he would have been similar odds. Uh, there you go. So hopefully some people took the advice. 
yeah, he would have got you a nice payout. But yeah, I think like you said before, some of those penalties, you know, the penalty goals, mm. it, it was kind of hard to get a, a read on the game. But I think if it would have continued that way, it definitely would have suited Queensland um, in that regard. But going into half time, Munster and the back five, like that, he was the key. Like we spoke about, he got them going. He just it, it's almost effortless. He just floats around the field. He gets bodies in. He stands and tackles. He finds his run. Anything good that came for them basically came off the back of him and Papali. But him in particular, with his set starts, got Oates into the game. And Oates ended up running for 220 metres or something like that. But Cameron Munster, from my perspective as a, as a Melbourne supporter, a Melbourne fan, like I've kind of kept it in my head like, yeah, you know, I'd prefer him playing at six for us because we have these other players. But when I watch him at fullback every time, I'm like, man... And, He's very bloody good when he just gets to float around the field and does whatever he wants to do. Yes, the mix of the Storm team. But yeah, we're going to try that second half now. Yeah, we're moving out, I guess, of that first half. Like you said, we stole it late. They were 18 from 18. I thought Munster, Oates, Maguire, Felice. And I tell you what, Ethan Lowe had a hell of a game for a debutante. I thought he did a really, really good job. Um, Especially, specifically, they got him at Maloney a lot. Maloney, as I said, not the best kind of start. He ended up on the floor a fair few times and um, you know New South Wales steal it back at the end there and get that late try to go 8 all. but second half I thought it started pretty similar again we had a good first set Cook was starting to jump and probe and be dangerous like we spoke about in the preview on, on a bit of a slippery deck and I thought we put the perfect kick in and straight away off the back of it um, you know I thought Queensland got the early threat and it kind of started off the way the first half was I thought they, they had us for the first five or ten minutes or so, and it looked like they were just well, going to stop. Like you said, like New South Wales, I thought we started with much more aggressive intensity on both sides of the ball. Our contact was much better. We got in front. We ran the ball a little bit harder. But like you said, Chambers makes a line break, I think, off the second set or the first set of six. Yeah, they shift right. Which let us off the hook. That's another one where, you know, Queensland just let us off the hook. And then Norman, like, in that ten minutes, you're right. They, Queensland were on top, but Norman, there was... There was couple of little things like the, the Chambers era Norman's kicks at the end of the set it's like he put one out on the full he put a couple near out on the full and then at the end of that 10 minute period which I thought really changed the game Morgan got knocked out yeah um, and Morgan kicked one out just before that as well what was that? said so Morgan kicked one out just before that as well where they wrapped back to a short side and he put a bomb up and he hooked it so they went from being 18 from 18 to kicking two out on the full Will Chambers drops it play two off that line break. Like they started to make errors and give away possession and New South Wales kind of built off the back of that. And plus, like you said, Morgan gets knocked out. And I think that's one thing to come out of the game that they really didn't want to use their bench. I think at the end of the game, I looked, Morgan played 22 despite the knockout, which obviously you can't help. But Dave Fafita, Glasby, Welch, all only had one stint. Welch played 21, Fafita played 18 minutes and Welch only, uh, sorry, Glasby only played 13. Yeah, I didn't think Kevin Walters used his bench really well in the, in the match. Uh, it, it either it just stunk of that he didn't trust the guys he had on the bench, or you know he just got too invested in the game and forgot about any plan, or or he just didn't have a plan at all. But on the back of the Morgan, Morgan gets knocked out. Um, we've, we've got the footy. I think Pierce drew a fifth tackle penalty from Felice Kafusi. Uh, we roll down, then Pierce orchestrates a nice play to get Tedesco some room, and he scores. Uh, and that was just a, a huge turning point in the match because, again, like you said, that first 10 minutes, Queensland probably got the points. Uh, but, yet we go away. We're the ones that go away with points. Uh, and then now lead the match, and Queensland have got to be behind the line. They're just going, what the hell is going on here? 
Yeah, we've made line breaks. We've had field position, but yet we now find ourselves behind with 30 minutes to go. And at that key point as well, Murray came on the field, and I go back to the point I made before. Our bench changed the game for New South Wales. You had Vaughan and Finucane in the first. I earlier. I said that to you at the ground. But, yeah, he, he came on at a time when we were up by six and um, and ended up being perfect. Um, but I think mean, Queensland, again, they get the footy back after we scored points. Corey Oates, I mean, he dropped the ball just off a simple inside ball out on the left-hand edge there. Um Norman, his poor kicks continued, and I just got the feeling that New South Wales, um, our back three started to catch on the floor and come forward, whereas for the majority of that first 50 minutes, we were sort of catching the ball and getting tackled or having to go back, pick it up, and try and pass our way out of trouble because the Queensland line was there, but we started to catch our kicks on the floor and come forward, which just signified to me that we were starting to win the yardage and drill position battle. Well, going back to what you said before when we scored that try, Murray was involved in the set that got us downfield. He also ran the first part of a double lead where they got that one-on-one and Gagai and Will just head off. And Tedesco's not a guy that you hold off on, especially on your line on that deck. He crashed in not long after. Murray, when we're turning the screws after that Oates era where they defused that, he takes a one-on-one off Gagai and we had a real good opportunity there. But unfortunately, Pierce threw a no-look pass on play two and we handed the football on. Um, I think Jack Whiten, not long after that, thought he had a one-on-one, but they called that a knock-on, but it kind of felt... For... Well, it was a strip, but it, he, was, he dropped the ball, so I didn't have a problem with that call. Well, it felt like for the next, kind of, like I said, after that 10-minute period, that it was New South Wales again, kind of turning the screws, they were having the better of things. Cook and Tedesco in particular, that combination we get so used to, I thought they really, really dominated the game. Again, I I don't think the halves had a massive impact. I didn't think Pierce did anything wrong, but Maloney, for me, um, in particular, at the back end of this game, he was involved in two of those defensive mistakes... He missed 10 tackles. They got through his edge countless times and he put pressure on those around him. The kick that was yeah, charged we'll get, down. We'll get to that, but before that, um, like you said, Tedesco and Cook started to dominate. Uh, and then Cook, Cook gets out on not even a quick play the ball. Clemmer, slowest play the ball in the world. Cook just pops out. Uh, the Queensland markets both go the same way. He just runs straight through the middle. Um, unforgivable. It's just it's junior league standard defence. Uh, and then just goes straight around Munster and scores, and that makes it 20 to 8. Um, and look, it, it looked at that point like uh, it was curtains, especially after that. Murray goes through, and then Munster comes up with the absolute miracle um, knockdown, which saves Queensland's bacon. Um, and Corey Norman just missed a simple one on one tackle for Murray to go through. So the hole started to appear. And then this is where you lead into your conversation about James Maloney because he just had some fucking brain snaps, absolute brain snaps. With about 15 to go, they started for about a 10-minute period. And we had possession down on Queensland's line on play four. He puts a kick in that results in a seven-tackle set. Luckily, Kafusi then drops the ball cold on play two or play three, which really lets us off the hook. So we get a scrum going in. Maloney then on fifth tackle drops the ball cold. So we don't get a kick in. Um, and luckily, again, we, Maloney gets let off the hook because the next set, Norman kicks the ball out on the full. Um, and then we go down, no field goal. Maloney doesn't take a field goal. He puts a bomb up, which, okay, put a bomb up. The only, the only thing that was really wrong with it was it was aimed at the post and it was at Munster. We were watching the bomb to a corner so we could pin them. But on the back of it, uh, Munster sort of skips, gives the ball to Oates and away they go yeah. and the Queensland that's where all the Queensland momentum came from 
Yeah, well, we just like you said, spent 20 minutes probing, scored those couple of tries. Cook came to life. Uh, going back to, I guess, that ruck, like you said, not only did the markers go both ways, but Papali at eight defender got off sideways and just completely opened up the gate for him to duck through. But, um, you know, I, we, we should have banked more points. There was multiple opportunities in that little period to close it out. Murray stopped the field goal over. What's that? stopped the field goal over. Oh, well, even the field goal. But there was ample opportunity to score, and we just... Yeah. couldn't seem to bank one. Like Murray had Tedesco inside, Tommy outside. If he would have went outside, it's probably a try. They had a one-on-one where it went to Jack Whiten, and he almost got past Chambers. The ball was stripped out, but still he has to hold it, and Ado Carr picked it up. And there was a couple other chances there, like you said, the, the rush of blood to the head where Maloney kicks it early. And Queensland, did. I thought they did a very good job considering being down for the most part of the night scrambling well. I thought every time New South Wales... But watch where, if, you, if, you, if people get a chance to watch a replay, watch where Maloney kicks that ball from. It's in perfect field goal position. Yeah. Perfect, he's right in front of the sticks. But I will give anyway. credit, like I said, uh, for the Queensland side of things, for the amount of times there was second phase or New South Wales looked to scramble or move the ball around. I thought they did a good job. And like the liquid man, as we know, they just refused to go away. So... Yeah, it just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. Uh, look, on the back of that kick, the kick to the post, they make the line play. Uh, Oates goes away, we give away a penalty. And then, like you said, two defensive misses from James Maloney. First one, Maguire scores after, I think it was more on Corden at this one, but Corden and Maloney just missed a simple one-on-one tackle. Like it was, the defence was lazy, poor, um, and away Queensland, hit Queensland come, it's 20-14. to 14. Yeah, and I think that, like you said, that, that play for Munster, he was outstanding on the night, but skipping across. Jack, you chased with dog shit. Like, only two players chased, and, you know, the winger hung back. So we gave him space to go there. But Munster just all night just sparked Queensland. He was, he was outstanding. Yeah, and you have no doubt if it goes the other way, he's man of the match. He was, he was epic. He's man of the series. And I think... So that's going to win the one man of the series. So what do we Munster? Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you at all there, but I think what was probably more bothering was that first try uh, when they got down there for that first try for Maguire. Like that, that defensive read there come off again, a slow play the ball. It's just a long pass out soft. to Cherry Evans and Cordner and Maloney both just bump into him and he, he goes flying over. And the second one where they came up, like Cordner, he was somewhat caught flat, but James Maloney, I don't know where he was heading. He was already heading out instead of staying in on his inside shoulder when Papali yeah, crashed through that go, space. Let's go to how they got there. So we, we kick off at 20-14. It sort of went back-to-back. Back. Queensland then started to roll for some reason. They were breaking tackles, but again, they come up with just some shit set ends. Um, and our back three, again, saved our bacon, get us out of trouble. And we get to this point where Maloney gets in the middle of the field, Slow play the ball again, play five, most important kick of the game, and he gets charged down. Off a slow play the ball, he needed to adjust his depth to make sure that he was deep enough to not get pressure to get the kick in. Uh, and then, like you said, we go, they, go, they come down the field, and Maloney just goes out on a very, very simple inside shoulder read. Corner came in uh, and, and went to the to ball player, and Maloney just needed to follow his find into the next man, but instead shifted off, and Papali strolls over, and it's 20 all. And yeah. we were just sitting there like, what the fuck is going on here? And I've said um, it again. It was just a capitulation of, you know, Maloney rocks and diamonds. Like, he just, he just gave us 10 minutes there of just the Maloney we saw for probably the first six rounds of the year. But um, we, to his credit, he's, they call him Dory because he just hasn't, he doesn't have a memory at all. And he just keeps playing. Um, 
you know, and that's that's where a lot of his good play leads from. But I guess if, if you're going to select him, and you you know that that, that comes with James Money, so I'm not going to be too critical of him. He's not the best defender in, in the world. I just think for me, the two kicks, firstly, not not taking a field goal, I think is sacrilege because he's kicked has he kicked three field goals in a row in in Panthers games. So he knows how to do it, and he knows you know the advantage of doing it. Uh, he's got the ability to do it, and then the one where he kicks the ball dead, and then he gets charged down. Like that's just in big games you can't afford those errors, and we made three of them, and it did, still didn't cost us the match. So we, we were very very lucky. I think the big thing again talking about, like I said, I don't think the halves for us had a huge positive effect on the game. Uh, mind you, I, I don't think again Pierce didn't do anything wrong. I thought he did his job. He defended well. I thought I thought Pierce was good. I thought he defended very well. I thought he did what he had to do. He laid on the um, the pass for the. So let's go try. He almost scored a couple of times himself. Well, I had no issues. With what we've no, been to he, last night. he more than did he his job. He money ball for us to win, but yeah. we'll get there. Yeah, he threw uh, the... 20 all. He threw the long pass, obviously, like you said, at 20 all when it looked like we were going to go to Golden Point. But for the first time, as we've said, in all those years where you thought the demons were kicking in and we were going to blow another decider, it's play four, the winger is Corey Oates. Yeah, but before that, like, go, go to the set before that, like, Queens, they get the ball, again, off the kickoff, they roll all the way down, and Bly gets tackled by Cameron Murray, you know, and for the life of me, I don't know how we can get penalised, because he's, he's ended up all over the top of him, and Bly's trying to get up to play the ball, Murray basically back rides him, I think if, if that, if that happens in any other game in the series, any other half, if that happens in the first half, if that happens in the 60th minute, I think it's a penalty. The referees, to our huge advantage, in my opinion, swallow their whistle, and it's twofold. Not only do they not get the penalty, but they also don't get the chance of a quick play the ball to take a shot at field goal. So, Terry Evans just plonks the ball down inside our 10, bombs it, and again, our back three say they are so defuse it and get us out of trouble. And it's it's play four when we, we shift the ball, play three or play four when we shift the ball. There's nothing doing that set. Um, and Pierce comes up with the money ball, but the Queensland defence uh, on on replay, like you didn't really get to see and break it down um, while we're at the ground. But and Bly for some reason comes right up. He's tight to Corey Norman, maybe because Corey Norman's missed a couple of tackles. But he comes up, he turns in, he doesn't close space, he doesn't make a decision, and for some reason Corey Oates is sitting ten metres behind him, maybe maybe waiting for a kick. I don't know, but. As soon as the ball shifts, comes out of Cameron Murray's hands to Mitchell Pearce, Corey Oates has got to come up the field. Because you're defending the pass first, not the kick. And it just allows... Tom Dravojevic goes um, around the outside of him by because he's come up and in and gone to no one. And then we just play a two-on-one. Um, and Norman was a little bit slow to close that space across to Ferguson. He misses that tackle. Um, and that disconnection and just very, very simple defensive execution allows New South Wales around him. Uh, we execute uh, to, uh, sorry, Ferguson gets a pass to Tedesco and we steal the game. It, w- it was incredible. Uh, just Queensland to be ruined such a simple, simple defensive hour at such a critical, critical moment. And for Mitchell Pierce to have the coherence to throw that pass, uh, I think it's credit to him. He's, he's come up with a play that's won us a series. Yeah, well, like I said, you, again, James Maloney, you've got to take the good with the bad, but I certainly thought in that game, uh, he didn't have a very positive effect on the team. The missed tackles, the defensive reads, the errors, the seven-tackle set, but Pierce more than did his job. He had that, like you said, nice outlet pass. He gave the early ball early uh, in the game there to Tedesco. He always defends well, but I think it kind of speaks to where we're at now with Origin and talking like we did last week about the future 
that New South Wales, you know, it's you've got Cook, you've got Tedesco, our outside, we've got other ways to win the game now. We're not solely relying on our halves. And I think Cook and Tedesco ultimately had the biggest effect on the game. Our bench was a big point of difference. And we said that we didn't think that their bench would make a huge difference. And whether it was trust or just not wanting to roll those guys over, I don't blame him for playing big minutes for Papali and relying on, you know, the starters to get the job done. But I think, you know, just New South Wales now, moving forward, looking at that result, like that, that's such a huge confidence boost. You get two in a row and, and for Queensland, I know a lot's going to change before next season, but you're looking at, as we said, coming into game three, people going, oh, it was terrible. They need to make changes. Like, who, who's coming in? I'm just before, saying though, like, like moving moving forward after such a period of time. Because you know, like this time last year, Callum Ponga sort of only played a couple of games off the bench, and you know this year he's in game one. He's arguably the best player on the field. So they'll one have some, and they've got some young guys there. But uh, yeah, it's twelve months away. A lot will happen in that time, and injuries and so forth. Look at look at our side last year. A lot of those guys weren't there for, for this year, so. I think the one thing you can say moving forward is we've clearly got more depth in it. Yeah. Whereas that hasn't been the case in that golden period. Not only have we got the quality, we've got the depth in quality, whereas we didn't have either of that when Queensland were going through that dominant period. But it's our dominant period now. We've won two in a row. Uh, we've got a little period here where we're rolling and it looks looks green. Yep. But you know, we know how quickly it can, it can turn around. And, you know, the one thing, the difference between the two states, I don't think Queensland ever got bored winning. When they won that eight in a row, they, if anything, the more that role went on, the more they wanted to win. I'm not so sure about our culture in New South Wales, whether culturally we, we get a little bit like, well, we've run two in a row now, we've run three in a row now. I don't think we've got the the hunger to want to go on a huge run like, like Queensland do. That's just my opinion. I think they value state of origin and winning state of origin more than what we do and I'd say that's something that's just culturally happened since the inception of state of origin Well I think having Cook and Tedesco as your building blocks moving forward with that group of young outside backs, we've obviously got good forward depth I think front row is one area that both teams you know, probably lack uh, a quality in but that's on both sides of the ball but I think looking towards next year, the biggest question if you're a New South Wales fan is the halves pairing like Maloney getting called back in this year. Yes, he did get the job done, but he may not be in the NRL next year. And Mitchell Pearce, um, Nathan he Cleary be. will be back. Let's not he... talk about it because we, we don't know. It's right now, if you said who are the halves next year, it'll be Cleary, Cleary and Pearce. Maloney won't be in the NRL. He's going to go on next year. Yeah, but we don't know that. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's talk about the NRL. Origins over, big boy. All right. Well, in closing... Um, yeah, I thought, like you said, particularly the first half, they had that dominant period. They didn't bank enough points. We stole that try late. Bench made a difference. Um, second half. Well, they stole, but to be fair, they stole game one. Oh, they Queen did. stole game one. But they deserved so game I, one. I'd look back and I'd say, if, if you're New South Wales, you're probably looking at game one going, Jesus, we were unlucky to lose that game. Queensland are probably looking at this game going, well, Jesus, we were unlucky to lose that game. And the middle game, which we said was going to be the one that really made the difference, we spanked their ass. Well, I don't think we were Simple as that. exactly unlucky in game one. The second half, we absolutely turned it up and got dominated. No, no, I, so. I agree. I agree. But that's a game that we could have easily won. Like, it turned on an intercept. If that intercept doesn't happen, we score in the corner. It's a different game. You know, and, and then you look at this one and you go, well, that, that last play, you know, if, if we get penalised, Cameron Murray gets penalised, Ethan Lowe's lining up a shot to win the game. 
If, if Cameron Murray just clears the ruck and Queensland get a quick play the ball, they're, they're having a shot for a field goal. I, I was really, really disappointed. Like, I'm glad we won, but I'm really, really disappointed with the way we finished that game last night. Yeah, we should have I'm really, it. really disappointed that we, we allowed them back into the game. Yeah, they should have lost uh, it. To me, it just speaks to where we're still at. You know, we, we constantly just let it back in and let it back in and let it back in. And I don't want to hear any rubbish about this Queensland spirit. It was lack of uh, intelligence, concentration and focus from New South Wales and execution and the knowledge of the appropriate plays that needed to happen in order to close Queensland out of the, out of the match. Simple as that. Well, like That's not about Queensland spirit. Two shit. We need to execute Two shit D reads, like not well constructed tries. Two very poor, no, simple reads. That's what I mean by, by culturally, they're a lot more ruthless and they are. hungry than what we are as, as a state. And that's the challenge for New South Wales moving forward. Can you produce what we produced in Perth every match? Be ruthless, relentless, and just punish them? Because when you look at the sides on paper, Kevin Walters deserves a, a huge amount of, uh, of, of praise for even getting that side close to New South Wales, in my opinion. Because I, I, I lined up today and I picked a team of the series. And really, I had to be generous to give Queensland five spots. I picked 12 New South Wales players and five Queensland players. And I had to be generous to fit five Queenslanders in there. So the fact that they competed down to the last minute of this series, I think is credit to the Queenslanders and credit to, to Kevin Walters. And Freddie Fittler said as much in the press conference after the game last night. He said... Um, I'm glad I don't have to review that game. So that tells me everything I need to know about what he thought about the performance. That the result dictated how he was feeling, not the, not the quality of the performance, the result. Um, and it's just lucky, I guess, it's a three-game series. You can go away now, and I think he's got a lot of dissection to do because Queensland are going to be better, and we're going to have to be a lot better than we were in this series. No, I'm not disagreeing with me on that side of things in 100%. Uh, it's been there for a long time. They're, they're like the liquid man. They never go away, and we, we left the door open for them to come back in. But um, end of the day, I guess a lot of things that we spoke to were true. Munster was the big difference. He was the spark plug. He got everything rolling. He got others involved in the game. Uh, I thought Norman had his moments in attack. I thought he made him... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Better structurally, and they had a bit more to play. I thought Terry Evans was a little bit quiet considering the size of the game. Josh Papali, uh, if Arrow stays in the series with him and Josh Papali, I think that makes a huge difference because th- those two, game one, were outstanding with their footwork and offloads. But Josh Papali, in particular, um, I think he was their best forward, along with Felice Cafusi, Ethan Lowe. What well, a, what a, Papali was their best, best forward by What a way to make your debut, though. Ethan Lowe, he had a cracker for his first game. 50-something yeah, tackles, the big charge down play, the pressure of the goal kicking. He had, he had a really good debut. Um, and I guess Maguire, as much as he shits me at times, he had a good game. Oates is 220 metres. He had a few errors, but sparked off the back of that Munster side of things. He was very, very involved, but... Um, yeah, for us, Tedesco, it's a no-brainer. He won Man of the Series for a reason. He was excellent in every single game. 
Cook, second half, more so, 100-something metres, was very good, got on the front foot, probed on that slippery deck. He did what we spoke about. And, and Cameron Murray, Cameron Murray off the bench was massive. Yeah, Finuc- I thought Finucane and Murray were our uh, best two players outside of Tedesco. Yeah, and I think Ferguson, uh, Addo Carr always does his job, obviously, Tedesco. Sorry, Ferguson. Ferguson was fantastic. Ferguson set starts, getting between defenders, all that. Like, he's play two carries or play like. He's, he had a cracker. He, he really redeemed himself, obviously. So there was a few good stories, I guess, on that side with Pierce getting a win at a cider, Ferguson getting a sniff to come back in and doing his job. So for New South Wales all around, uh, you know, big series. And I, I don't think anyone, like we said, would argue with who was man of the series, that's for sure. No. But there you go. Origin's wrapped up for another year. I think you say that you put together uh, your own team of the series, did you? Yeah, I did, because I'm pretty sure Melbourne is going to name him that side, isn't he? Yeah, well, I was going to say, I don't have one right now, but I think next week from that series, maybe you use that and I'll put one together and what we would pick if you were picking an Australian side right now. I don't really want to go over Origin next week. Let's get let's get over Origin. Maybe we'll post it on the page. Yeah, we can do that too. Strike while the iron's hot. I've got mine, you've got yours. We'll stick them up on the page for those who are listening. Go and have a look. Tell us what you agree, disagree with. Um, and then we'll compare it with uh, Melbourne Ingers. Yeah, well, there usually is uh, the merit list this time of year after the game. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the other thing I really thought was, you know, Nice to see, and I apologise to our, our Queensland listeners, but that video of the Queensland sideline with Matt Gillette, Jair, and those watching that last play and seeing a bit of heartbreak on a Queenslander's face for once instead of a New South Welsh one, that was actually quite nice. Yeah, it's just nice to win. I don't, I don't want to bask in their uh, defeat because you know what that feels like, but um, it's, yeah, it's just nice to, nice to win a close game. Yep. Most definitely is, but we move on now to round 17 and who's backing up, obviously, out of last night. Michael Morgan, you'd think after two concussions, he definitely won't be playing. Um, you know, Wade Graham, he went off with a torn hamstring. Saw him at the aftermatch function. He definitely is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Nothing was confirmed, but he wasn't getting around too well. And other than that, I think, for the most part, speaking to some of the players at the post-match function, a lot of guys are pretty well beaten up after the series and... I'm sure most of them are going to be sore and sorry for it today, but those in particular that are playing for final spots, teams like the Dragons, etc., that are need to win right now, all those guys are going to have to push to back up this weekend, you'd think. Yeah. But looking at the tips and getting into that this week for round 17, Panthers-Titans is the first game. Uh, and looking at those two lineups, obviously for Penrith, Nathan Cleary, he's among the reserves. He missed out in origin. We don't know whether he will be available or not for this game. Um, but yeah, it remains to be seen. Clearly, clearly won't play. No chance. Yeah, well, if not, Luai and Maloney, it's a pretty good pairing to have. They've got decent depth in that position at least. Uh, they're going to keep pushing forward with this young group of players on the Titans side of things. Tyron Peachy was initially slated to return to the bench, um, but now looks like he's going to be out this week. So Dale Copley, he comes in in the centres. Jared Wallace is in the lock. Stockwell's been elevated to the starting lineup. And Jai Whitbread and Will Matthews are dropped back to the bench. So, who do you like in this one, Brock? Friday night at Penny Park. They should win. The tight, like having Jared Wallace start at lock, and things that are hanging over the Titans at the moment. Uh, it's said that Garth Brennan's going to get sacked within the fortnight. The reviews due out on the fifteenth of July, so that'll come early next week. 
and it's not going to be glowing for Brennan. Brennan's got far more to play for. Uh, I expect him to win by probably 12. Uh, it would be probably a fair margin. I'd be surprised if the Titans got within 12 points of the Panthers at Penrith, 6 o'clock on a Friday. There'll be zero Titans fans there apart from myself. Um, and I will be passively probably biting my tongue and muttering expletives. Yeah, we'll still know. Uh, Ash Taylor, still got Jack's well, time. Because he doesn't deserve to be there anyway. No, and I'd agree yeah, with you on I've that I've seen he's back at training, but go and play Queensland Cup for a few weeks and then you spot back in the side. He shouldn't waltz back into this team because his form prior to him taking lead didn't warrant selection in first grade anyway. Yep, and Jesse Arthur's dropped into the reserves. I heard today that he's possibly linking back up with Anthony Seabold. Well, I heard yesterday he signed with the Broncos. Yeah, with Anthony Seabold, who he worked with at Melbourne and, that's, and South. Like, that's infuriating. That is infuriating as a Titans fan because he has been one of the bright spots for us this year and now he's gone. So who's going to take some accountability for the fact that they didn't sign getting him tied up? Instead yep. of writing a fucking review, they should have been getting a contract signed for that kid. So we've got you know, some of our best juniors locked up instead of them seeing, seeing them walk up the road. It's I'm sick of it. It just makes it very, very difficult to support a team when, you know, any green shoot that comes through just gets pulled out and goes somewhere else. It's frustrating. Well, apparently, and the mail I got was they made a better offer, but he's still going to Brisbane, so I think... Yeah, you know. if, that's the case, if that's the case, then so be it. But, but that, that comes back to your form. That comes back to the fact that you've got a million-dollar player that's playing like poop and... An eight hundred thousand dollar player in Shannon Boyd that's playing like poop. Uh, the players are here, you know, Tyron Peachy who's on big big wedge has gone up there and done nothing and wants to go home. Any player that we're recruiting isn't isn't performing up to their salary either. So it's it, the club's a basket case at the moment. Yeah, and I was about to say you can't really blame a young guy in that situation to link up with somebody he worked with at Melbourne where he originally started and then South and now he's obviously Yeah, I understand all that, but there should be enough there in place to make him want to stay. Well, that's the problem. They need to fix that. And they need to... Clearly not. Clearly all the players know what's going on with the coach and the whole club situation. So if you're in his position, he's thinking, well, I'm I'm going to, you know, have a better opportunity and be at a better club if I move out, which is sad. But hopefully they resolve everything. Resolve everything soon. Anyway, I'll be there tomorrow watching my team go around. I'm a paid-up member, so um, I'll be there cheering them on. But I've got zero faith in the direction of the club at the moment. But I'm going to be there for the players. I'll support the players, uh, the guys that are out there trying to do their best. Yep, well, I'm tipping the Panthers as well. I think that's a no-brainer at home, five in a row. Uh, whether Maloney backs up, or I think he will, but if they're serious, you've got to win this one at home. So we're both on there. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, the odds, they're brought to you by them. As always, keep your eyes open for the package and their best bets this weekend. 18 units of profit on the season. The odds for this one are the Panthers, $1.44, 275 for the Titans, minus 6.5 the line. One to twelve is two ninety for the Panthers. Four dollars for the Titans. Thirteen plus is two sixty five for the Panthers, and seven dollars for the Titans. Newcastle versus the Dogs. Uh, interesting one, given the short turnaround time. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, obviously that elbow injury, he's going to be missing. They've got a lot of players that need to back up. Clemmer, who came back early from that wrist, Glasby. After only playing thirteen minutes, you'd assume he'd play. Pierce played the full eighty though, and no Kalen Ponga. Um, so and the Bulldogs have got a pretty good record against them as of recent times. But Mason Lino, he's been named in the halves along with Pierce. Watson's got a cover fullback with Ponger out, and they've got the rest of their origin players named in an extended squad. So Safidi only played twenty or so minutes. I'm sure he'll play. Clamor in nineteen, Glasby, etc. So I'm sure those guys will be back in. Uh for the Bulldogs side of things. 
Kieran Foran, he's still out. So Brandon Wakeham, who played for Fiji, the other you know, 20s kid is playing Cup and made his debut. He's actually starting at six now and a runoff to Amunga comes onto the bench for his first game of 2019. But what do you think about this one, Brock? Do you reckon these guys will back up and get the job done? Or can the Bulldogs grab an upset? No, I can't tip the Bulldogs. Uh, I know they beat Cronulla in their last round match before they had the bye last week. But uh, I think Newcastle, they need to keep winning to hold their spot in the eight and push for the top four. So I know there's question marks over who will play, who won't play. Falling out and waking me. And I don't mind that. I don't mind Brennan waking, watching him come through the grades. And for many years, he's a good young player, but uh, I'll stick with Newcastle. Yeah, I think I will as well, just knowing those guys are backing up. So, uh, you know, SESE, Mitaudia in the back row, et cetera, I think there's enough there. Um, they've got decent coverage. So for what they've got and the way the dogs have been going, I know they had, they had that spark like you were saying last week, but at home, tough loss last up. I, I think they'll get the job done here and start to give those players a bit of a rest during the week. And the odds for that one with both of us on Newcastle with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.42. Uh, the Knights, 285 for the Dogs, minus 7.5 for the line. 1 to 12 Knights, 294.50 for the Dogs. 13 plus 250 for the Knights, $7 for the Dogs. Now, this one is an absolute perler for this round. Souths versus Manly. Uh, on this side of things, who's going to back up, etc. again comes into play. But you've got Sam Burgess returning after having his shoulder surgery. Um, you know, Ethan Lowe goes back to the bench and off playing 80 minutes. That's probably not a bad thing for him. Junior Tatola is replacing George Burgess in the starting pack after he's been suspended. And Alex Johnston is still out. So Adam Dewey is now going in to play fullback. So a bit of a spine change there. Uh, that'll be interesting to watch. And Jaden Sewer, who's just moved down there with Wayne Bennett, is in the extended reserves. But looking at what the bench has on it right now, I'm sure he'll end up in the lineup. And now they've got origin period done. They've got James Roberts on board. Braden Burns is back from injury. Walker and Reynolds are now back together in the halves. Um, you know, George is obviously going to be gone long-term, but they're starting to get back close to full form. And we've seen this Manly side, which has unearthed some good talents like a Corey Waddell, Manisi Fano, etc. And now they're getting back finally. Cherry Evans are both the Trebojevic's, and they rolled them early in the year. This is going to be a good game of footy. Yeah, in fact, they rolled them early in the year. It gives me confidence the Rabbitohs will be up for this game. So uh, I get everything you're saying. Uh, South, they've got quality across the park. They've got plenty of depth. I don't think Sam Burgess will play. That's just me. Uh, I think he'll be back next week. Um, but I'll tip South. Um, but I expect Manly to put up a good show. But I think the difference will be that motivation to want to revenge that loss earlier in the year at the trial. Yeah, I'm looking at the front row. Totola, Knight. You've obviously got Murray backing up as well. And then what's coming off the bench, there's still no Tom or George. So I'm looking at that thinking with Fanua Blake, Tapau, etc. They might be able to find a little bit of love in the middle. I'd like to tip Manly for the upset, but I'm going to go with you. Like you said, South have also been on a really lean run, and even though they're still sitting equal second or third, they need to get a win. So I'm going to go South now with a couple of these players back, but depending on what the odds are, if I was someone out there looking to have a bet, Manly I'm definitely be looking at. So look at the odds of the Pro Sports Syndicate. $1.60 for South. It's two thirty-five for Manly. Minus 3.5 is the line. 1 to 12, 285 for South, 340 for Manly, 13 plus is 330 for South, $6 for Manly. Uh, yeah, looking forward to watching that one. Broncos up against the Warriors. Warriors, very lucky to get away with that win last week. The Broncos obviously just keep blooding all these kids, and there's plenty of changes again this week. So after a big win and all the Origin reps, they're coming back in. You've got Corey Oates, Fafita, 
Joe Offahengiawi, Anthony Milford is also back. So if all those guys back up, that's a nice little return there. With that being the case, they've named Milford at fullback if he does play. Darius Boyd will continue to play at 5'8", but now that they've lost Sean O'Sullivan and obviously Tommy did, and they've got Jake Turpin moving to halfback, which is which is a bit of a challenge. And obviously now that they're missing their two halfbacks, he did an okay job last week. We'll have to see um, how that plays out. Obviously as well, Shibasaki, he had that fractured finger. So Herbie Farnworth, who made his debut last week with Xavier Coates, he's now going to push into the centres and Coates on the wing. But, you know, a very, very young side. Let's see if they can back it up two weeks in a row. As far as the Warriors are concerned, you never know what you're going to get. But they do have a pretty good track record against the Broncos. I think they'll they'll be stinging after that close loss over in New Zealand and heading up to Brisbane, missing no players. I think that's it's a pretty hard one to tip. But I don't think it is at all. I've just got no faith in the Warriors. Going back to South as well, like they've lost four in a row heading into that match against Manly, so they need any more motivation there that's going to provide it. Uh, I'm going to tip Brisbane. I, I know everything you said. I know Warriors will probably look better on paper. I know Warriors will probably run out favourite. Uh, Warriors may win, but I, I will not be tipping them. Uh, I'll tip Brisbane. I thought they were spirited last week. I like the fact that, and as I said in, the, in our reviews, they look a happy side at the moment. Brisbane, I don't care how many young blokes they've got. He's found players that want to play for him. He's found players that are going to follow the systems he's trying to implement, uh, and I'll back them. Yeah, I'm going to tip Brisbane as well, similar like you said, uh, going home, and I just have no faith in the Warriors. But realistically, if they're serious, they've got a couple of injury changes themselves. But, yeah, against... Well, it's a loser-leaves loser home match, really. They're, I think they're both... What are they? Are they on equal points or the Broncos too often? I think they might be on equal points. I think they're both... Two points. They're both on six. So this weekend, one of these teams is going to push one of them probably two or three away from what the bottom of the eight is. So. Yeah, so I think it's almost loser-leaves town, isn't it? It's You know, you're playing against someone who's in a similar position to you. You need to be making sure that you're knocking sides off that are around you on the ladder. So um, I know there's nine matches to go, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be going with, uh, with the Broncos. Yeah. Um, I think, like you said, for the Warriors, you know. Or is it eight matches to go? Either way, eight or nine matches to go. But. Yeah, they've got Isaac Luke. He's starting at hooker now. Carl Lawton's out. And Schneider, Chanel Tavita-Harris is finally back in the lineup. He's on the bench. I think that's more as a Nine result. matches. Yeah, that's as a result of them now losing Nathaniel Roach, who's had a terrible run of injuries, uh, the backup hooker. And he, he showed a lot of promise, but his body just keeps letting him down. So both on Brisbane and the Pro Sports Syndicate, their favourites. They're $1.57. The Warriors, 240. Minus four is a line. One to 12. Brisbane, 285. $3.50 for the Warriors. 30 plus for the Broncos is 315. $625 for the Warriors. Uh, the next one, another cracker that I'm really, really looking forward to. A massive occasion. Cameron Smith's 400th at Saturday night down at Amy Park in Melbourne. They do these big occasions so well. Um, they've got a massive extended squad considering they had six play on the Origin. So. Don't know if there's going to be any late changes, but I get the feeling, regardless of this advantage, that Melbourne on this occasion, everyone will want to play in this game and they'll want to win. And they'll want to win. Yeah, I agree. agree, but I, I I, think the line's 10.5. It's out at 10.5 to Cronulla. I, I like the line. Cronulla are one of two teams, uh, them and the Roosters, to have beaten Melbourne this year. So, um, And, and they, just, they, they love to spoil. They love nothing more, Cronulla, than to go down and roll Smith in his 400th game. They, that's that's what they do. So I, you know, I know it's the 400th match. If it was against anyone else apart from the Sharks and probably the Roosters, I'd say the Storm should be a dollar one. But 
I'm not I'm not going to tip the Sharks. I'm going to tip Melbourne, and I expect Melbourne to win. But I, th- I think they may cover that line. I think it may be closer than what people expect. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you. And in particular, they've still named Matt Moylan, even though he hurt his hammy last week. So I'm not sure if that is going to be the case. But Wade Graham, he was named. He's definitely not going to back up. Last night, he wasn't, wasn't in a good way. He's going to be out for at least four weeks. And Andrew Fafita, who's someone they've been missing badly, he's back in the lineup now. So uh, like you said, they've been poor. They've had three close losses. Their coach apparently has basically told Johnson and a few blokes they're on their last chance. And then they've got senior guys that have come back in and I think just thought they were going to get results. Like Aaron Woods, some of his defensive efforts and cover efforts last week were absolute dog shit. So um, going to Melbourne, I doubt they're worried about the occasion, but I'm definitely going to be sticking with the Storm. Yeah, Storm. Yeah. What I just, yeah, blown away. 400 games, Cameron Smith, 500 total games across like all rep football and all levels. He's just absolutely He's ridiculous. a freak, and he'll probably play for another year or two. The bloke made a rubber. He's made of dead set rubber. He's so durable. He never gets injured. I think they said the other day, for injuries and suspensions, he's only missed 17 games his whole career. So that's it's pretty ridiculous. But look at the odds for this one with the Pro Sports Syndicate. $1.28 for the Storm. three sixty five for the Sharks. Like you said, 10. Minus 10 is the line. That's pretty massive. 1 to 12 Storm. two ninety five dollars for the Sharks. I don't mind that if you like the Sharks. 13 plus Storm. $2.15. $10 for the Sharks. Roosters. Cowboys. I'll take, that'll be one of my bets. I'll take the Sharks plus 10.5. Sharks plus 10.5. Roosters, Cowboys, uh, Sunday. Looking at this one, obviously it's going to be hard. Michael Morgan, you think, wouldn't back up after getting two head knocks. So I'd assume he's not going to be playing uh, in this one. Maguire is likely to back up. So as far as a reshuffle there in that situation, they're going to have to get somebody... To cover, most likely Asiata will play in the halves, I assume, with Clifford, and they'll bring someone else like Cohen Hess, who's back from injury, onto the bench. For the Roosters side of things, I think probably the biggest in in a long time, Jake Friend is returning from injury. And I know a lot of people like Victor Adley as a nine, but we've both spoke about it. His pass just isn't quite up to scratch, and I think also under fatigue during the games, playing at nine, he gets a bit sloppy. So him going back into that role of just 13 and being an impact player and Bouncing around the field, I, I think Jake Friend's a huge in for the Roosters. So. Huge in, and it strengthens their bench. No doubt about that. So, uh, Radley, yeah, Radley's done a job. Radley had to do that job. So, his pass wasn't up to scratch, but he's not a nine. So, he filled that role, and to be critical of him, which we have been, has only been highlighting the obvious, and uh, it hasn't been a personal attack, that's for sure. He's a fantastic player. He's been doing his team a solid by playing out of position, and they're going to be a stronger side for... A, having friend return, but B, also having Victor Adley return to his preferred position. So I, I can't see anything but a Roosters victory here. The Cowboys, they're paddling a little bit. They can't take a trick. And with Morgan out of the side, I don't think they can beat the Roosters. Yeah, they're resting Tedesco, but they lose nothing with Joseph Manu playing fullback. He's been outstanding there. Luke Keary coming back last week was a big in. Ryan Hall getting healthy with Daniel Tupo. They had massive set starts. Tokiaho's back this week as well with Jared. They're an outstanding front row. Nat Butcher filling in. For Cordner, he showed he's more than capable. And then you've got Tupanua, Isaac Liu on the bench. Tupanua's turned out to be one of these guys that a lot of clubs were chasing after. I think the only one who's still disappointing me is Angus Crichton. You'd think by now he'd be comfortable or spark up a little bit, but it's the right time of year, so hopefully he starts to find some form. Well, the fact that Nat Butch is starting ahead of him is, should be a huge slap in the face. Well, let's put it this way. If you Trent Robinson with the depth you've created heading into the finals, like we said, when they are full strength, at this point in time, Angus Crichton might struggle to stay on the bench if he doesn't pick his game up. 
Yeah, no argument. There's a decision that needs to be made. For the Cowboys, it's must-win as well. They're one of these teams on that borderline. They've had a lot of close results. Drinkwater, he made a difference his first game. We'll see how he goes. They've got McLean back on board now. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't tip them. I, I'm with the Roosters. This one's on the Central Coast, but uh, I, I think the Roosters will be getting the job done here and start their push to the finals, and that rest for those rep players is going to be a bonus for them, given the fact that other teams couldn't catch up to them, even with all those injuries and the origin effect. But the odds with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.28 for the Roosters, three sixty-five for the Cowboys, minus 10.5 is the line. One to twelve for Roosters, three dollars, five dollars for the Cowboys, thirteen plus two oh five for the Roosters, eleven dollars for the Cowboys. Well, Tigers para. And funnily enough, it's their home game at Bank West, which is the Eels home ground, and we know how it panned out last time. They got absolutely Surely, surely this time the Tigers turn up and do a much better job than what they did last time, because that was just yeah. That They'll was turn up, but I think there's a lot of scars from that match I'm tipping the Eels. With no if I'm lining them up on form, I know the Parramatta were very good in that match against Canberra, but I think the West Tigers have been playing tough, gritty, but I don't know, there's something just out of that match. I, Parramatta blew the doors off them. I, you can't convince me that they've, you know, they're, they're, they haven't taken any scars out of that match. So just based purely on that, I think it's a, it's a flip of the coin match. I'm going to tip the Eels. Well, they've got no change up, uh, no changes coming into it unless... Blake Ferguson uh, has a rest, but I, I doubt that will be the case. Clint Gutherson comes back in after that origin experience. You think he'll be better for that? The only change they have is Penny Terrapa, obviously, uh, is suspended, and they've got Murata near Cora back, who's been great for him anyway. On the flip side, Moses Zembai has been named to play centres and back up. LAA's been swapped to start in the front row with McKaylee going back to the bench. Um... Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I, I really don't trust Parramatta and even though they smoke the Tigers and it's hard for me to say that they're more consistent, I think you get a better effort more consistently from the Tigers. Um, no doubt. But yeah, this is this is a tough one. I'm, I'm going to go Parramatta as well, but not with a whole lot of confidence. But yeah, I think the Tigers, Tigers will definitely be absolutely steaming thinking about what happened to them last time at this ground. So I think that one... That's a close one for the punters. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they are the outsiders, the Tigers. They're 205. The Eels are $1.75. Minus one and a half's a line. 1 to 12 Tigers is $3.15. 280 for the Eels. 13 plus 525 for the Tigers and $4 for the Eels. What did you say the line was? Minus one and a half. Yeah, I'll take the Eels minus one and a half as my second best bet. Eels minus one and a half. Alrighty. And the last game of the round, the longest turnaround, which is helpful for the Dragons because they've had a tough year as far as injuries and off-field stuff and everything happening and that heavy representation. The Raiders, uh, is that well, they had a couple pushing the Origin Arena this year. I'm sure Josh Papali will be thankful for the long turnaround, as will Jack Whiten, who was very involved last night, and they get Nick Kotrick back as well this week and Corey Horsberg. So there's some positives there uh, for the Raiders. For the Dragons, they've got to wait to see if Frizzell and Vaughn will back up and Benny Hunter all played big minutes and Corey Norman... Uh, they've got Tarek Sims back from suspension, which pushes Corbin to the bench, which helps their rotation. And James Graham is also in the reserves. But, uh, yeah, looking at some of those boys and talking to them last night at that post-match function, they're all very, very sore. None of them have had a break, and we know they've obviously had their struggles in the forwards this year. But th- this is basically their season as well on six wins. They have to win. Uh, yeah, they do. That's right. But Darren Nichols, um, he's playing halfback with Corey Norman. Uh, you know, that, that's something I look at and 
yeah, I, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, in in games against sides, quality opposition, I think the Dragons have struggled. So uh, I'm going to tip Canberra, but you know, it's 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 a tight one. Canberra having lost that match against the Eels, uh, I think will be stinging, and I don't want to bounce back here. And yeah, they can knock the Dragons out as well. Yeah, I. I... I'd like to tip the Dragons because I think they're going to have to be more desperate, but I think the amount of bodies that they've had involved, the constant changes and shuffles in their back line, and then at times, again, their bench has changed all year. They haven't really been able to get any consistency. I think everyone will back up, but, yeah, I think Canberra probably more likely to get the job done and have shown a bit more consistency this year, but it's very important for the Dragons. So fingers crossed they can put their best foot forward and those Origin guys can back up for them, but the odds for this one, they're $1.95 outsiders at home. The Raiders, a dollar eighty-five favorite, minus one and a half. Uh, one is the line with the Pro Sports Syndicate. One to twelve, three hundred five for the Dragons. Two ninety for the Raiders. Thirteen plus is four seventy-five for the Dragons. Four dollars thirty-three for the Raiders. But best bets, you've got the Sharks plus ten and a half, and you've got the Eels minus one and a half. This is a tough round for me, boxer. Like again, with all the Origin stuff, it's 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 pretty hard to get a gauge. But I'm going to have Kikia. Try win combo versus Penra uh, Titans. I had a look at that before. That was three twenty-five. The odds I got on that one. And looking at the other games, I'm with you about the Storm. I don't think it's going to be a blowout down there against Cronulla. So I'm going to take the Storm to win that game, but one to twelve against Cronulla in Cam's four hundred. Sounds good. Sounds good. There you go. Bit uh, bit different, not being in the same room and the mobile phone, and hopefully for everyone that's listened out there, the quality isn't too that's bad. That's what happens when you wake up at 3 o'clock, mate. Well, you can't blame me for everyone out there. Nah. It, it was a big night last night, but uh, good for New South Wales to win, and it's always nice when someone, you know, is involved in a big moment, and Vaughn, did have a big game last night. Lucky for the big fella. He grabbed a try, and they won the series, and... Yeah, stayed afterwards in the sheds and had a couple of brewskis, and it was good. Yep, super. All right, back to NRL. Let's uh, look towards finals now. Yep, well, next week, for everybody listening, we'll rip in. Things will resume as normal. We'll be back on, a, back on a Tuesday as well. Back on a Tuesday with football, so things have changed up. Yeah, my, uh, my Cubs program is finished now, so... We're not resume normal transmission. We have the run home to the finals. Let's see how these teams go. See how everyone comes back from origin. Some players come back from injury. The power rankings will be back. Fan questions will be back. And, yeah, we'll have a look, like we said, next week, maybe at a possible uh, a team that we'd look at for Australia quickly. But, yeah, back into full swing. The full rounds of the NRL are here. Origin is over. New South Wales winning the decider. An absolute cracker. 2-1. We've got our tips ahead of round 17. And, uh, yeah, here we go. The final, the path to the finals is on right now. Who's going to make the eight? Who's going to fall off? And I think after this weekend, we're going to have a much clearer picture because if some of those results go the way we think they will, uh, the eight might be, you know, cut dramatically short. And there may only be one or two teams left in contention for it. Yep, look forward to it. Look forward to it. Well, big thank you, Boxhead. And like I said, everyone out there, hopefully the quality of the sound wise isn't too bad on this one. But back to full swing next week. A big thank you. 
to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Keep your eyes out for their best bets and the package. If you don't get a profit on the season, you get next year for free 18 units of profit on the season. That's good beans. And the Penrith Solar Center, au. Massive congratulations to Jake and uh, all the guys and gals there at Penrith Solar Center. They won the best trades and services company at the Penrith Local Business Awards. They're absolutely outstanding, award-winning service. Why wouldn't you get on board with the Penrith Solar Center? It's a necessity to help your back pocket, help your bills, and help your family out. Uh, the prices are definitely not getting lower anytime soon, so feel free to contact Penrith Solar Center today on 1800 20 29 30. Brock? Yep, go the Aussies in the cricket tonight. Oof, World Cup. But yeah, on the run home to the finals now and back next week on Tuesday. Shows as normal, back in a full swing. Boxhead, I'll catch you next week. You will. Everybody else out there, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.